Good morning. I hope everyone is fine. Um, I've missed you guys a lot. I've been away for the past two Sundays. I miss Christmas with this, this happy, merry, belated Christmas and a happy new year. Um, before we start, I just want to every eye close for instance, please. Every eye close. The right hand to the heavens. And if you can speak in tongues, I just want you to begin to speak to God. Made Kashada, Rababa Sutta, Sidney Anta, Sidney Adabri Anto Shaya, Liko Shada Daba, Rababa Sutta, Ika, Sidney Anta, Sidney Abali Wasaya. This morning we want to connect to God. Mashada Ba, Rababa Sutta, Ika, Lisada Dabali Antese. Niko Shanda, Rababa Sada Barababa Sete, Niko Shanda, Nikapa, Rababa Sada Dabala Barababa Sada Barababa Sada Bella Blianca, Nika Shada Daba, Rababa Sada Bella Blianca, Niko Shada Dabarababa Sada Rebeldebelianta, Shada Dabaha, Niko Shanda, Rababa Sada Tebelio Shaya, this morning as I am to your life. Yes, I render the atmosphere. Yes, I render the steps to go this morning. Mastika, yes, Shatanabo, Shadarabaha, Niko Shadaba, Rababa Salaba, Rababa Salaba, Shadaba, Niko Shadaba, Rababa Sendo, Niko Shadaba, Rababa Salaba, Rababa Salaba, Niko Shadaba. Thank you. 
Excited to be in church? Are you sure you're excited to be in church? I'm not sure you're excited to be in church. Let me tell you today. Are you excited to be in church this morning? These people are not excited. Are you excited to be in church this morning? Let me hear your excitement this morning. This group is not excited. I, 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 I was, I, I was following a football match yesterday between uh, Legon City FC. And um, uh, Kotoko. And at halftime, Legon City FC had brought Shatawale to the park. And you could feel excitement in that football match. 
They were winning at halftime, but before the match ended, they were losing 3 1. And the Kotoko guy showed them real excitement. I want some excitement in the house of God. Are there some people that are excited to be in church this morning? I'm, 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 I'm now feeling like I'm in a young people. I was beginning to think I was in an old people's shed. Are there some young, vibrant people in the house of God? Amen. 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 It feels so good to be back. Amen. Um, I think for the year is uh, excellent. Usually at the beginning of the year, the year like this, people set their goals. I'm sure some of you have set your goals. Some of you have even posted on IG, social media, your WhatsApp status, New Year, New Me. And uh, with your New Year resolution, for some of you, you want to do better in school, you want to do better in class, so you have set out to do better. For some of you, you want to lose weight. This year, one of my goals is to lose it by for, 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 <laughs> for some of us, our, our, our goal is to learn a new skill, to, to do better. When, when we think about the year, immediately we zoom into planning mode. The things that I want to do. But this morning, as we, we think about these things, I want us to come back a bit and, and think carefully about what I'm about to talk to you. When we examine the mural that our general Vasilia has given us, the, the excellence backdrop, you, you notice the, the concept of divine in the background. The concept of divine in the background. You see a lot of branch roots looking like things moving in the background. Right? And the concept of divine is very important for us. If you notice, Everything that is happening in the mural is happening in that background. Is it clear? Are you seeing it? So, the, in John chapter 15, the verse number 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Anyone that abides in me and I in him shall bear my Jesus, for without me you can do nothing. It means that everything that we are going to do in this year must be rooted in the concept of us abiding in Christ. Amen. Amen. So it, it, it means that your plans, no matter how good and excellent they are, if they find themselves outside of Christ, they are useless. Your goals, your ambitions, anything you set your hands to do in this year, the basis must be in Christ. Amen. Today I'm speaking on what are titled Rooted and Grounded. Rooted and Grounded. Somebody say it with me. Rooted and Grounded. I'm not like young people say Say Rooted and Grounded. That's more like it. This one we are preaching together. So flow with me. Alright. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 7. The same thing by most of the scriptures, I'm looking for them to run. Colossians is in the New Testament. 
As we have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as we have been taught, abounding therein with all thankfulness. Most of us Christians are familiar with the concept of Christ dwelling in our hearts. When, when we say the sinner's prayer, we, we confess and we believe. And say, Christ Jesus, come and dwell in my heart. So we, we have a perception, we believe it. And it's scripture, the Bible says that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith. In Ephesians chapter 3, in the verse number 15. So that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith. So we believe and we accept and we have knowledge and cognizance of the fact that Christ dwells in our hearts. But please read the scripture there for me. What, what, what Paul is saying is that as you have therefore received, Christ Jesus the Lord, there is something now you must do. He says, walk therefore in him. So, so what he is, he is trying to paint for us is that Christ is not just a locality that is, that is hidden in our hearts. Christ is an environment. Amen. He said that Christ is the, is the climate, is the environment in which the Christian is supposed to live his life. See, there are, there are animals that thrive on the land, and there are animals that thrive in water bodies. And even in the water body, there are animals that thrive in salt water bodies, and there are animals that don't thrive in the salt water body. What the Bible is telling us is that as a Christian, the environment for the Christian to thrive is Christ. Amen. So, for you, the believer, Paul is saying that if you are going to be built up, the first thing you must do is that you must be rooted in Christ. Your roots must go deep. Bible tells us in Acts 17, the 28, Bible says, In Him we live, for in Him we move, and in Him we have our being. Our life is supposed to be in Christ. He uses the word rooted. So he's, he's talking about the believer as though the believer was a seed. Right? So, when, when you are planting a seed, every seed needs a certain environment to thrive. And I can't get up and go and plant rice anyway. I can't also get up and go and plant cocoa anyway. In this country, there is a place where we know that there are places where we know that cocoa thrives, and there are places where we know that if you plant cocoa here, it won't thrive. Why? Because the environment and the soil needed for cocoa to thrive is different from the environment and the soil needed for rice to thrive, for maize to thrive. Now, when you plant maize in our back in our backyard, it is it, it, it growing. But the environment needed for you, the believer, to thrive is right. Somebody say right. So, what does it mean? One boy uses the language rooted. What is he saying? To be rooted means to be established and, and to be deeply established and to be planted firmly. It means to be fixed, to be entrenched.
grace to be ingrained and to be immovable. He, if you want a better, Paul puts it this way in First Corinthians 15, 15, he says, Therefore, beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, immovable. So when somebody is planted, the person is immovable. This year in Christ, if we are going to be excellent, we are going to get to that level, we must first of all be rooted and grounded in Christ. We must become immovable. See, this, this year, uh, my, my wife consulted me about And my wife doesn't like weight. She likes fixing her weight. Why? Because we Weeks are movable. Uh, you, you don't know when you'll be in town in a shop right queue, and there's a little child behind you, <laughs> and they are playing with your hair, and before you realize that part, you have to. And it goes, she doesn't play those kids. Let us sew the weave in, let it be fixed, let it be entrenched, let it be immovable. And, and that is how, as Christians, we must be. See, sometimes I, I, I watch I watch a lady when it comes to the addressing a lot. You see, sometimes a lady, those are where they're with them. Then you're adjusting maybe the, the, you wanted the partition to be here. But as you are going through your day, the, the part has moved from side part to center part. And, and, and you need to readjust it. But as, as a believer, we must become so fixed and entrenched in Christ that we are not easily moved. Amen. Our roots must go deep in Christ and must go so deep that anything that takes us, we don't bend, we don't move. We are not like a weave that can easily be uprooted. So what does it mean to be rooted in How does one become rooted in Christ? So we are saying that to be rooted in Christ means you are so deeply and firmly planted in Christ that you are immovable. How does, how does one get to the place where you are deeply rooted and planted in Christ that I am not movable? Point number one. Hold the head. Hold the head. Don't be guys. Hold the head. Let's go point number one. Hold the head. Let's look. The same Colossians chapter two. Let's look at sixteen, eighteen. Let no man beguile you. The word beguile let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and the worship of angels, including in those things which we have not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. And not holding the head from which all the body, by joints and bands, having nourishment, ministered and mixed together, increases with the increase of God. What does it mean to hold the head? Paul uses the language so it's not my, my own language. So what does it mean to hold the head? To hold the head means to establish Christ as your final authority. To establish Christ as your final authority. For a lot of us believers, we, we know that Christ is supposed to be our final authority.
But that is not the case in our life. When we, when we say the sinner's prayer, we say, Father, Lord, I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior. But what we are actually saying is that, Father, I don't want to go to hell. That is, that is what we are saying. So we, we are saying that, I like the Savior part. But in our life, we are saying, God, give me the Savior, but the Lord can wait. Oh no, we must hold family to the head. Some of you, your social media celebrities are your final authority. So when, when, when you come to church and, and we are teaching you about modesty even in your dress, you said no, this is not what Kim Kardashian says. This is not what is the, is the new trend. This is not what is the new, this is not what is in vogue. You, you, you go to social, you go on your social media. We are telling you to wait and enter godly relationships that are leading on to marriage. But you are saying that no, how will I get my, my uh, uh, relationship goal pictures? So, so you are, you are entering relationships, not even with marriage in mind, but it is relationship goals, so that you'll be able to post. Uh, I don't believe you. The things that we do, it's not real. We are indoors more than we go out. So you see one day, your whole life, we need to hold the authority of Christ. So whenever anything comes into your life to challenge the authority of Christ, whenever anything comes that is offering something, you must first ask yourself, what did Christ say I should do first? That is what it means to hold the head. A lot of us believers are headless chickens. You see, Paul says, and not holding the head. He's describing some people. That means there are some people that are walking around professing to be Christians, but they are not holding the head. That means they are headless Christians. You see, the funny part is you can profess that you know Christ. But let me tell you, Christ knows himself better than you. This is what I mean. See, we are supposed to be image bearers of Christ. When you stand in front of the mirror, you know what your face looks like. Right? So when you are walking in the day and you see yourself in the mirror, and it doesn't look like it's two things. It's either something that happens to your face or the mirror is wrong. You get me? So there are a lot of us that are claiming that we know Christ. We are claiming that we are believers. But you see, which part of the body holds our identity, our faith? And the faith is in the head. So if you are not holding on to the head of Christ, you can be out there. You can deceive us that you are Christian. But when God looks at you, when Christ looks at you, he doesn't see his face. You are not part of him. Yeah, this year we are not playing games too. Before we start anything, you must hold them. There are a lot of things that are going to come away this year. Things that will be fine for your interest. 
vying for your obedience. But you must then ask yourself, who is my leader? Some of us have so much leader. As a believer, God is Christ as a believer. Whose God has become their belly? But the Bible also tells us that food for the belly and the belly for food, and God destroys them both. You, you, you are so carnal. You are led by the flesh. Today, I, they say, let's fast. Me, I don't feel like fasting. I'm hungry. And what can come can come after all. You don't always have to fast. God, He hears our prayers. You are led by the flesh. Every single desire that comes into your body. You see that girl. Your body says press, so you press. Uh, you, you thought I'm good at today. Uh, your body is doing you things. But you see, you must ask yourself, the body and the head, your hands and your head, your feelings and the head, which one is more important? And look, from which all the body, by joints and bands, joints and bands is old, old, joints and ligaments. You know the body is held by, together by the joints, and the, the joints are held together by ligaments, right? So by which joints and bands, having nourishment, minister and knit, and mixed together increases with the increase of God. If you are going to increase with the increase of God, you are going to excel in the things you do. First of all, you must have nourishment. Where will the nourishment come from? The head. The nourishment will not come from your hands. It comes from the head. The head is the control center. It is the right that that determines the distribution of weeds. Because in the one who is the grace, the one who is of the fullness we have received, grace. So when we go on to it, like we distribute the grace that is needed for us to go and to excel. Sometimes, what it mean? It doesn't remind me to say something. But Christ has said something. What do you mean? What do you mean? Some of you is your friend. When when Uncle Bidu, when you, you, you want to enter a relationship and you come and Uncle Bidu has told you from scripture, why you are not supposed to do this in the day? Then you are like, you wait, let me go and meet them, uh, my friend. Then you call and meet uh, Odura, Olivia, Stefako. You are having enough of the boy is fine. The boy is good to the lip, the lip, that pink lip, and what? Your friends too, if they are not white, and they, are, they also are not holding their head, they give you foolish advice. Like, the boy is fine. If you don't do power, somebody will take it to The last time I saw that, um, um, Senna was eyeing him on. You don't do power, you see. Before you realize, you die single. They used to be like, hey, so I'll be single. So I'll be this, so I'll be that. Someone says foolishness. Thank you, and if I say hold the head. Amen. Hold the head. 
when I'm preaching and I quote this scripture, when I start to end it, they, they know the word. But there are people like that. They, they know the word. They are professional word buffet attendants. They are, they are connoisseurs of the word. They can quote NIV, King James, Amplified. They know it. But when you examine their life, at best they are weak and feeble. At worst they are carnal. But, but they know the word. What's the difference? Just that you hear these words of mine. And that's it. And that's it. And that's it. The track record of this, that some people when we examine their life, there is no track record of obedience. It is, it is our obeying God that makes us stable in Him. You see, there are certain parts of God you will never be able to see until you obey. There are certain aspects of God you will never be able to enjoy until you obey. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 1 that says, For if you be willing and obedient, so you can be planted in the soil, but you are not eating the good of it. You can be in the church. We are saying a lot of things, like Oluwa was telling us. We are talking about leadership school. For some of you, it's strange. You were planted here. You never benefited from leadership school because when we said it, you did you obey? The truth is, willing and obedient. You know, the people who hear this word of mine in the to be good, to get stability. To abide in Christ. See, when Jesus was speaking in John 15 about himself being the vice, he says, He that does these commandments of mine, he who obeys my commandments, it is he that abides in me. See, there is a mystery to this thing we call obedience. There are so many things in God. Until we begin to walk in obedience, we'll be spectators from the background. You will see people growing in excellence. They are becoming outstanding in the things they do. They are asking them, what, what is their secret? There is no secret you to obey. See, when we examine the life of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, one of the things that amazes me is that these people have a track record of obeying God. When, when in, in Daniel chapter 1, see, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they weren't just ordinary people. They were taken from the noble blood of Judah. They were they were blue-blooded aristocrats. They were they were of noble blood, high high standing in society. In our day and age, they are proper that are bad. You know the GP, you know the Ejaba. You know Ejaba. Ejaba is very easy. They are starting from negative negative one. Then we have a then we have Dadaba, which is one. Then we have the, when you have, have, have the highest level is TV. I don't mention it to you, TV. This is who we are TV, right? And they have been taken from royal blood and sent into captivity. King Nebuchadnezzar has brought them to TV. Imagine, let's put ourselves in their shoes. You are a slave now. From a debut to a slave. And before they were brought to that level, I'm sure they weren't eating nice food in the prison. Who has visited in someone's prison before? Have you seen the food they eat? You, you last not even go to prison, body house. <laughs> and 
sometimes when I, me, I didn't go to body house. But when I hear people complain about body house, I'm like, Father, I thank you. Because sometimes, when they, they said that, that you are eating soup and the soup are separated into water and oil. But you see, imagine what these people were eating in their homes. And, and they've come to a place where they are in captivity, they are in prison, they are not, they are not being fed. Imagine that you have gone about six months in prison and you have no eating meat. No matter what anybody says, I will never hear them. I like it. So imagine six months in prison, no meat. Then, then there is a command to go and pick from among the captives, those in prison, those of noble blood. So they pick Sadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, and they pick other people. And they are brought into the king's presence. And there is food galore. Anything you want to eat, you can eat. There is a rabbit on the table. There is turkey. There is there is pork meat. Brought out wheat on the table. There is chicken. Anything you can imagine is on the table. Fish. Daniel said that Meshach and Abednego were standing there. And we were looking at their meat. Like, won't you eat? Like, did you go ahead? These guys sat down, were eating, were eating. Why didn't they eat the Bible? Why didn't they eat the Bible? It's a language of the Bible. And Daniel said, of course, it's their fault in the hand. It's not how they dealt with the people. So it tells you that there was something about the food. What was wrong with the food? The items that were put on the table were things that God had commanded them when they were in Judah, not in Egypt. When they came out of the land of Egypt, God had commanded them Give them instructions in the Leviticus and numbers that they are taking food items they should not have. They should not eat. Because when you eat meat, they should eat that which chewed the cat and parted the food. That's what God gave them. That means they were supposed to eat mainly ruminants. So good. But Daniel and the brothers said that they would not satisfy ourselves. They were in captivity. See? You have not been in captivity. They were in a place where they didn't know where hope would come from. But they were still holding on to God. But when they did that, when they honored God by obeying God, God came to for them. The Bible says, and when they were examined, the king found them ten times better than excellent. See, when, when, when you write an exam and somebody passes you by five, there is hope that makes it better than you. Or when you are playing FIFA and someone scores you one year, next month, you will see. But when you start the match and somebody scores you five, first half, you have claimed five. You know that he is not your mate. The Bible says when they were examined, they came out ten times better. What was the, what was the secret? They obeyed God. And when they obeyed God, you remember the relationship between the root and the soil. The soil strengthens the root, it goes, it goes deeper, it becomes more stable. See, you think that after that, they won't face any other thing. But 
But the Bible tells us in Daniel chapter 3 that King Nebuchadnezzar had, had erected a golden image of himself that everybody should buy. We know the story. These guys refused to buy and they were brought before the king. He said, I like the way they answered. They said, Oh, king, it is not even needful for us to answer you in this matter. That is proper stability. I don't know, but if you are facing fire, not, not just anything, you are facing fire, they, they are opening the door. This is the wisdom of the devil. To escape death and to come alive, he will rise from a fight, he to fight another day. We will serve God tomorrow if we are alive today. These guys were facing hot fire. But you see, the reason why they were able to escape this fire was because they had been able to become the king once for God. They had no that happened. They had it from their feet. Some of you this year, you must develop from the seed. You have points, that records in your life. I obeyed God. And when they were sent to the church, they were sent to the church. Some of you, until you walk in obedience to God, what we call the manifest presence of God in your life, it will only be a myth. It will be testimonies you hear from others. It will be things that people do and come and tell you. Then you ask yourself, God, am I a stepchild? It is not that you are a stepchild of God, it is because I'm not walking in obedience. In this year, oh, you face opposition. There are a lot of things that are going to come your way. See, it's not every time that the opposition comes in the form of a fire, in the form of a life threatening thing. No. In Colossians, in the same Colossians chapter 2, in the verse number 16. No, verse number 8. Verse number 8. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. So beware, lest anyone cheat you. See, the, the, the opposition will come in two stages. There is one that fears, but there is one that comes through philosophy. And I put it this way. Let not let anyone cheat you through deceitful philosophy, which is not deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. Yesterday I saw a new idea. There's one major church denomination in this world that has split into two. Now, and they split into pro gay and anti gay. Church! Right? Because through that deceptive philosophy of the church, there has been one something sounds philosophical, it means that it is well structured. The argument is plausible. That's, and, and in our generation, this is the kind of 
opposition you face. You, you, you see, the devil has seen that when he comes like this, you see who he is. So, so you, you, you hear, you hear Christians now say, if the person loves a guy, then you have to let him be happy. You see, it's because for you, happiness is your head. But you need to hold on to the head of Christ. Some of the, the things in life, when you hold on to the head, you realize that it's not about happiness, it's about Christ. How do you know whether the engine is good? Now send a woman into engine. Uh, ladies, don't think if the guy says, if you love me, you let me sleep with you. No, they are sending you to engine. Send you to a car, test ride. Uh, but you know when you take a car for test ride, you don't necessarily have to ride. Uh-huh. So when he takes you for a test ride, he has enjoyed the product by you buy. Then you come to bed and your heart is broken. Oh, Bedou. Oh, Bedou. How many of you have seen that video? Timothy. Oh, Timothy. Timothy crying. Oh. Timothy. You see, it's foolishness. When you are supposed to hold the head of Christ, Some of you don't know why we are laughing. The current is irrelevant. Right? <laughs> you see, the, the argument, see, why right? the world knows how to arrange arguments. Sometimes when I talk to people and they're like, eh, they don't know why we Christians believe in God. See, when you analyze they then we said that at the point there was a big explosion and the world came into being and there was evolution and there was this and there was this. When you look at the science of it, evolution is foolishness. I'm a scientist. When you look at the science, based on even the second law of thermodynamics, how can an explosion occur from life? No. It's a Energy can neither be created nor destroyed. If there was an explosion, that means there was an energy source. And you are saying that the source came from nothing. Where did it come from? So, based on the basic laws of science, it doesn't make sense, but it is well crafted. And some of you, you read small science books, they come. I'm enlightened. God has like this. Deceitful philosophies. This was human tradition. You need to see. You need to be careful what you call wisdom. A lot of you have embraced foolishness, but you don't know. Because what they do, what these things seek to do is that they seek to defraud you. They will make you unstable. These are the obligations you are going to do. Three reasons why you must be needed in that. Three reasons. Why you must be rooted in Christ? Number one, you are completed. It is because you are completed. Outside of Christ, you die. You are outside of Christ, as a Christian, you are like a fish out of water. Give me the best night. For in Christ, all the 
fullness of the deity or the Godhead lived in the universe. For in Him, that is Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead body, the sin, and ye are complete in Him, which is the head of all principalities. If you are not rooted in Christ, you are incomplete. And whenever you are incomplete, whenever you are incomplete, what as a human being, you are incomplete. There are certain functions you cannot perform. There are certain things you cannot do. You cannot go and buy a mobile phone without a battery. It's incomplete. Because without him we are nothing. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If any man abides in me and I in him, the same shall bring forth much fruit. For without me, two can do nothing. To the world, it will look like you have done something. That, 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 that's the difference. To the world, it looks like you have done something. But when you stand in front of God, you are done nothing. The Bible says, No foundation can any man lay. Aside that, we already live in Christ Jesus. So Christ is our foundation. Let every man be careful how he builds on it. And he mentions, he gives three categories. He says, Some are building with gold, silver, and precious stones. And some are also building with wood, cable, and straw. So by every man's work to be tempted as to fire. On, at the end of the day, God will pass everyone's way to fire. Some of you would have built a skyscraper, but you built a skyscraper with wood. Then we pass it to fire to bed. You must be rooted in Christ because outside of you, every, any other thing we do is useless. It's incomplete. It's nothing. Amen. Reason number two why we must be rooted in Christ is here. You wither away in our times if you are not rooted in Christ. You wither away. You see, one of the things that you must understand is that this world is true. The world is not, not, it's not fun in you. As, as most of you are, are shielded now in the hopes of your parents. But there's a real world out there which you have to face one day. And what will give you stability? Daniel, Sadak, Meshach, and Abednego. They were diseased when they were in Judah. But when Babylon came for them, they, and they encountered the real world, what kept them was the fact that they were rooted in God. What will keep you is the fact that you are rooted in God. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus tells the parable of the sower. And he tells us about some seeds that were thrown on the stony ground. In 5 and 6 of Matthew chapter 13, the Bible says, And some fell on stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprang up, because they had no deepness of the earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no meat, they were away. Sometimes you see people, you see people, sometimes in church, sometimes in the world, they rise up very fast, something happens, but then they are gone. But no roots. No roots. Just the other few years of my industry, just like a mountain, 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 just like a mountain,
thanking the flowers, thanking the water. They will come. You, you, you can't hide. They will come. They will come and beat against it. When, when those hard times come, see, hardship has sent a lot of people out of Christianity than any other thing. Because they have no roots in Christ. You see, when you obey God and you are being nourished by Him, there's, there's a certain level of encouragement, there's a certain level of trust that you have in Him. That even though you don't have anything, just though He slay me like Job. When the sun comes in, you will be without. You somebody has been in church, yes, you something small, but they are gone. You will say, what happened? You don't know what is wrong. They, they, they look like us. They could speak in tongues. Ah, no roots. I mean, you, you can be speaking in tongues that Christ is not the head of your life. You can be speaking in tongues, you are not walking in obedience. To somebody outside, hey, this guy is spiritual, but you don't have roots. You wither away. Last one. The quality of our roots. Then, I'll be with the roots. A lot of guys here don't know. No, when you're you chopping onions, right? No, onions have a way of. Uh, motivating your emotions. Uh, they, 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 they bring out the tears in you. Uh, even if you're a hard guy. But you see, that what causes your eyes to water in the onion is the sulfur content. Right? But when you plant onions in a soil that is sulfur deficient, rather than have a lot of sulfur in it, you cut onions and your eyes will not water. What does that mean? It means that the onions took the characteristics of their soil. They took something from their soil. In this case, they are, they are able to be excellent. The excellent one in all the universe is Jesus Christ. That which is God has given a more excellent name. And if we are going to bear excellent fruit, it means that we must be saved. When? Jesus says that by their fruit, you shall know them. But not, not, not by their tongue. Not by their hairstyle. But by their fruit. So, you see, if you want to bear excellent fruit, your life will show forth God's goodness, God's excellence. Uh, you bring forth a lot of things. That's why Jesus, whenever Jesus, I read this statement of Jesus, I get scared at once. That they finish up to be prophesied to them. They did to me. They said, Get me from me. You were talking to me. That's one of the most fearful statements for me in the Bible. He thought you were working for God. He said, I told you. Because the whole time you were doing it, you were not planted on me. You went for the intention. You went for the intention. You were doing it after your own will. So whatever you brought forth, Whatever food came out of your life, to the world, it looked as if you were doing it for God. But to God, it doesn't mean I don't recognize it. You are not doing it for me. And it's scary. This year, as you are about to go to the year, I want you to think about it. Examine the 
Thank you. 